0: Words that will comfort me, I am. The words that inspire me, I am. To words that encourage me, I am. My lifetime, my legacy.
1: Podcasting from a town called Manalapan, New Jersey, this is That Oneness Guy, a podcast covering the many aspects and elements that embody oneness. I am your host, Danny Rongo, and yes, I am That Oneness Guy. As an author, singer, songwriter, and a podcaster, I'm spreading my message of oneness, as you all know, basically to anyone who will listen. So if you haven't seen it yet, my friends, these podcasts now have an official home. That's right. You can watch and listen to all of the podcasts from me, That Oneness Guy, all on a newly designed and interactive website. So I urge you, please visit thatonenessguy.com to see it all. The site also contains my blogs and new vlogs that I've recently started recording as well. So by all means, check it out. There's a lot going on there, but for now, let's get right into podcasting. Okay, so by now, I'll assume that you know that I've released my latest oneness guide, which is called The Ways of Oneness, Helping to Navigate Life. It's in a Kindle version that's being offered on Amazon. Uh, So here's the deal. As I'm still sifting through a few specific offers from traditional publishers and knowing all too well that even after I do sign on the dotted line, it's still going to be, at the very least, a four- to six-month process before the book is manufactured, produced, and made available to the public. So from my perspective as that one guy, I realize that the information that that this book contains needs to be in the public, needs to be made public. So I'm grateful to the folks at Amazon Kindle for the service that they offer. But with that said, I figured, you know, like, why stop there? I mean, if the book is now available in a format that you can read, how about those folks, like my wonderful wife Andrea, for example, who totally love Audible books or books on tape, as they used to be called, what about a format for them? So... Therein lies the thought behind this podcast episode and the ones that will follow. So here's what I'm going to do. Starting with this episode, I will be reading my latest book, The Ways of Oneness, Helping to Navigate Life from Start to Finish. So for those friends who listen to my podcast while they're driving, or those who only like to have books read to them, like my wife again, these podcast episodes will be right up your alley So, for this episode, what I'm going to be doing is I will be reading the forward, the introduction, and chapter one of the book, which the featured topic of chapter one is called Crisis. Okay, so sit back, pour yourself the beverage of your choice, and let me read to you. The Ways of Oneness, Helping to Navigate Life, by Danny Rongo, That Oneness Guy. Forward. Today is Monday, March 16th, 2020. I'm thinking about this new book idea as the country and the entire world comes to grip with something called coronavirus and the effect it's having on everyone. With my school being shut down for a month, I have a decent amount of time on my hands. So as an author, what do I do? I write. As a spiritual messenger of oneness, what do I do? I relay my inspiration with the hopes that it helps both me and you. So here goes. Over the past few weeks, we've been thrust into an unprecedented time in history. Yes, we've faced pandemics periodically throughout time, But none have had the assistance, if you may, of the Internet and the immediate connection to the news that our media provides. Our phones and TVs have all blown up with this news. The constant bombardment of alleged information, and yes, I say alleged because there is an amazing amount of data to consider, and we can't know which is biased, skewed, or factual. And this has driven society to a level of fear and panic that I've never witnessed before. The closest event that I can relate to is 9-11. Although the fear from that tragic event did dissipate slowly over the initial days and weeks. And like it or not, 9-11 as an event and how it was felt affected the tri-state area, specifically New York City, so much more than it did the rest of the planet. This pandemic which we may or may not know is defined as an outbreak of a disease that occurs over a wide geographic area and affects an exceptionally high proportion of the population and it is covering the entire world and has not approached its crest or peak yet but getting back to the media there are several suggestions as to when this might end some say a few weeks some say well into the summer But please keep in mind that I'm writing this from the first unofficial day of closure, which is Monday, March 16th, 2020. Introduction. Which way do we go? Which way do we go? We can all use a little help when it comes to navigating through life. Although the forward of this book may lead you to think otherwise... My intentions of this book are not to dissect what we know so far regarding the current global virus and pandemic that we find ourselves in. As far as I'm concerned, the virus itself is of my least concern. It's here. We have to deal with it. Ironically, the coronavirus is what initiated a wave of inspiration for me, especially because I felt a need to address the panic and fear that I sense right now, Again, I have never experienced anything quite like this. Entire countries are on lockdown. Governors have imposed stay-at-home orders in all states. People have decided to self-quarantine themselves. Schools are closed with no dates to reopen. Businesses and restaurants are forced to close. Wall Street and our economy in general is spiraling downward with no end in sight. We are all sitting at home, as I am right now, and subject to whatever we hear and see on the television and our phones. So from the insight that I do feel qualified to share, I ask you, should our only response to this pandemic come from what we see and hear on TV? Or do we listen to our gut, a.k.a. oneness? your higher self, spirit. So based on when this book gets published, and when you might happen to be reading it, I'm sure the memories of COVID-19 will be a distant one, hopefully. So in thinking that you're reading this with the coronavirus as a distant memory, I'm going to write this as I must. For right now, as I find myself within the present-day confines, fear, worry, and panic that this pandemic presents to all of us right now. My honest intentions for this book came to me when I wondered how we were all going to navigate through this uncertainty. My initial thought and idea came to me while in my car one day. I am a big fan of a specific GPS app. Let's just say that, that it sounds exactly like how I spelled ways for this book. In my opinion, it is the best GPS app out there. I like it for many reasons, but mostly because it looks ahead for me. There are many times when I'm driving on a familiar route, and out of nowhere it will redirect me. Now, like most folks, especially men like me who think we know better than the GPS, I get mad at being redirected. Because I've gone this way dozens of times and I don't see any immediate traffic up ahead of me. So early on in my experience, I would choose to ignore the app and proceed to drive the route the way I know how to. Only to come to a complete stop because I would find myself stuck behind an accident or something the same accident or something that the app recognized five miles ago and warned me about by redirecting me. But did I listen? Of course not. My ego convinced me that I know better, that I'm smarter than the world-renowned global positioning system. And trust me, I stupidly made that mistake at least a handful of times until I finally succumbed to the power of this incredibly cool device. Now I use the app every day. When it takes me off of a familiar route, I push my ego aside and allow the app to guide me in its invaluable way, or should I say, its invaluable ways. Having such a device so readily handy at my disposal every time I have to navigate somewhere got me to thinking, what if there was a GPS for oneness? A navigational and a spiritual guide, if you may, Something to direct and guide us through the ins and outs of oneness. A guide that will keep us on the most direct route, without traffic, and avoiding tolls. One that even alerts us to the potential potholes of life we may encounter. A guide that informs us when there are accidents and blocked roads ahead. Just imagine a guide at our disposal that will be our source for navigating through oneness. I thought that was a great idea, and I'm just the guy who can do it. If you've read my first book, I Am God, and So Are You, My Friend, A Common Man's Guide to Oneness, you know that it laid the foundation for all things oneness. It introduced us to it by by definition and explained it in detail from the physical and spiritual sides. We spoke of oneness in terms of the energy that it represents The book even explained why oneness, if it had to be categorized, would be grouped as a spirituality and most definitely not a religion. The folks out there who have read my book and those who know the difference between spirituality and religion understand that point. I'm very happy with the book, and if you've read it, I hope you are as well. If you haven't read it, what are you waiting for? I'm only kidding. This book that you're holding now definitely follows the path that that book was built upon. I wouldn't say that it's necessary to have read it before reading this, but it will make things easier to understand, especially if you're new to oneness and if you're just discovering your spirituality. If that's the case, then I highly recommend reading it. So, as I continue my journey of oneness, I want this book to be used as a GPS a tool to help us navigate through life via the ways of oneness. Throughout the book, I will also be sharing some of the invaluable insight I've received from some of our modern messengers. You may know some or all of them. If you do not, please look them up. They are Dr. Wayne Dyer, Esther Hicks, Deepak Chopra, Eckhart Tolle, and the Dalai Lama. I consider their continued guidance a complete blessing as I humbly relay some of their thoughts. Our daily lives represent so many opportunities to not just recognize oneness, but to experience and realize it. We understand that our inherent connection as individualized expressions of one source gets threatened with each passing day. The walls of divisiveness and separateness that have been in place for centuries and millennia only continue to grow, yet with the millions of examples that we see and hear about every day that enforce this separation, we hold on to the small things. A random act of kindness, a child's laughter, a magnificent sunrise, helping someone in need. Why do these events resonate more with us than ever before? because we know that it is truly what we are that feeling of fulfillment that lifts our soul and brightens our world that's what we live for because it's never too late as some might have you think we are right on the cusp of change how do i know that you ask because we've reached a boiling point we're at the point now where we either evolve or perish And no, my friends, we will not perish. We've come too far. We just need to come together as we've been doing. We need more people like me and you to add to our already growing collective consciousness. This new collective consciousness will be the deciding one. It will represent a universal movement. That movement is oneness. It is already here. I'm going to show you how to navigate your life through and within it. So let me ask you, are you ready? Chapter 1 Crisis, World Crisis Ahead, Recalculating How to Navigate Through a Pandemic or Any Crisis. There is no other way for me to start this book than to continue with the event that will surely go down in history. The coronavirus, also known as COVID 19. The global virus has taken full effect in the early months of 2020. As I mentioned in the introduction, we are being faced with an unprecedented pandemic. That is not because we have never seen the likes of this virus before. We have. We just don't have a vaccine for it. The course and the level of contagiousness our scientists say they can somewhat predict. But like I mentioned earlier, I'm not concerned with the virus itself. It's here. We have no choice but to deal with it. We know that in oneness we always have choices. I mentioned numerous times in my last book, my blogs, and in podcasts that we are doomed to make choices, but choose we must. That is why I want to focus on the fear and the panic that this virus has created. We're choosing to allow this fear to dictate our lives. You sense it. I sense it. And because the only information that most of us are relying upon is from what we see or hear in the media, we take their word for it all. Choices, especially those made when we understand oneness, comes from within. We've learned how to listen to what is being said publicly but we know that it doesn't have to become our mantra. We know that our answers come from our higher source and they immediately feel right. It's those gut feelings that you've heard me talk about before. We know that those gut feelings are intuitive. They are God's way of responding to us. We all get these feelings. Unfortunately, many of us cast them aside because we don't recognize that it's oneness so here we are in the midst of a pandemic crisis engulfed in a fear that has gripped the world using life and death as its boundaries let me ask you something just how does oneness navigate through a pandemic my bottom line response is the same way it navigates through life Oneness represents our higher source, our God, spirit, or whatever you choose to call it. It doesn't recognize what we do as good or bad. It doesn't justify the significance or lack thereof of any event. Oneness views this pandemic the same way it views the birth of a child, without judgment. So, If you've been following along with these blogs or my podcasts, my book, or any of the hundreds of postings I go public with, you know a few things by now. First, we know that in oneness, we practice acceptance. Acceptance is what allows us to deal with pretty much any pandemic-related issue and anything in general. It's what gives us a level of calmness, especially as we face such uncertainty. We know that this virus, for whatever reasons, just is. Just like with everything in life. That's why we say that life just is. So when we come to that understanding, it immediately puts the brakes on panicking. We also know in oneness how important our connectedness is to our higher source. God, or what I refer to as Stevels. And for those not aware, that acronym stands for Spirit, Thought, Energy, Vibration, Love, Soul. We know that our connection represents the foundation for our being here and why. It is from that connection, especially the thought part of it, that we come to know how very important our thoughts are. We also repeat what was initially just a biblical phrase in knowing that we are what we think about and as that pertains to this or any virus is simple. If you think that you're going to get this or any virus you will. We know the importance of monitoring our thoughts because our thoughts do become our reality. So with the constant bombardment and talk about this virus, it becomes increasingly difficult for it not to be at the center of our thoughts. I mean, how can it not be? It has been for me, and I am trying my hardest to remove those thoughts as soon as I get them. And now, like most of us, without my work and with more free time, that will even be more difficult. So when you find yourself thinking about this or any virus, stop yourself. Change your thought. Keep a go-to thought in your back pocket. Either something or someone who makes you laugh. I love to watch comedy specials, especially older ones like Eddie Murphy, see Delirious or Raw. How about your favorite comedy movies? I revert to Arthur, Caddyshack, The Jerk. I mean, if you're stuck watching TV, stay away from the news of this virus. Or how about the Food Network or HGTV? Ironically enough, some stations do not cater to the latest headlines, (laughs) although they are becoming few and far between. I'm a big sports fan, and I always watch ESPN, but due to the cancellations of college and pro sports, that's all that they've been talking about as well. Or if you can't find a show to watch, divert to a book or music. How about if you just revert to a mantra, something along the lines of, I am healthy. How about this for a oneness approach to a pandemic? This is geared towards my friends who have read my last book. We know that there are no accidents in a perfect universe. Oneness teaches us this. It teaches us that everything that has happened that is happening and that will happen is all in divine order it's all perfectly synchronized to match up with what our collective consciousness dictates so with that said we have to understand that this pandemic is here for a reason I just alluded to how we're approaching a boiling point how things have to change because it's kind of at that now or never point well what in God's name could a virus, an ensuing pandemic of this magnitude, have to teach us, you ask? I'm glad you asked. What have we been forced to do? To stay at home, breathe, take stock in ourselves. Stuff we're normally way too busy to do or to even think about. I'm hearing stories from people all over the world, thanks to social media, who are taking the downtime to write or read a book? Hmm, that sounds familiar. This pandemic has forced us to be concerned with family and friends alike, to check in on our elders specifically. People are starting to meditate, and we're being asked to get outdoors, to get fresh air, and to feel the wind and sun in our face. Really? all things we should have been doing all along, but due to our hectic lives, we have not. So let me run this past you. Maybe this virus is a collaborator of sorts as it pertains to our evolution. I mean, how can it not be? It's here, right? As we apply the thoughts of spirituality in general, specifically oneness to this pandemic, It is playing a part in our evolution. This makes me think about this event when you include it on our timeline throughout history. Um, I begin to wonder, what was the longest period in our history without any wars or pandemics? I'm adding wars to this thought because they are a world crisis as well. But think about that statement for just a moment. This is all we've ever known. Realizing that the list would be endless if I considered going far back in time, I decided to start from the 20th century. What I found out is that we have endured 40 wars over 120 years. That's one war every three years. And for the pandemics... We've had eight of those over that same period of 120 years, which has given us one pandemic every 15 years. I guess the pandemics win that battle for only inflicting us once every 15 years. Yay! I'm posting the links to the websites where I found these lists because there may be someone reading this who disputes it for one reason or another. So here are those lists my only objective is to give us a visual of the global conflicts we've endured during the past 120 years it's a lot isn't it it's pretty safe to say that it's all we've ever known right it's pretty safe to say that throughout what we what we refer to as modern times we haven't had too much time that we would consider to be free and clear right now Here's something else to consider. I've only listed wars and pandemics for this period. What about if I were to include the literally thousands of natural disasters that occurred throughout that same time? Wow. Can you imagine? Just think about that for a moment. The floods, the tornadoes, the fires, the earthquakes, the tsunamis, the volcanic eruptions, the cyclones the heat waves you get the picture so as it pertains to oneness here's what I want to say to you look at all that we've had to live through and aside from the wars everything else is pretty much unavoidable but nonetheless we have been faced with an enormous amount of travesty throughout our lifetime You need to think about that, my friends. In reality, we have never had any real stretches or moments in times without catastrophic events to deal with. Generation after generation has faced adversity in so many ways. We as a society and as a race, the human race, have continuously been tested. Our endurance and perseverance are always pushed to the limits. Events like this pandemic and the natural disasters are ones that we cannot avoid. Although conspiracy theorists have different opinions on global pandemics. Now, here's a question for you. So, why do we have to throw hate into the mix? I mean, really, the multitude of events that I just mentioned aren't enough for us to live through and deal with? Do we need to throw hatred on top of it all? That's what baffles me, my friends. I'll have plenty more to say about hate as a learned response throughout this book. One entire chapter, to be honest with you, so I'll leave it at that. This specific chapter is to share some insight as to how oneness can help us navigate through a pandemic or world crisis. So I'll get back to that. One thing that this virus has helped me to prove regarding oneness is the power that a collective consciousness represents. You've heard me say that the world is in the shape that it's in because of our current collective consciousness, which is one of divisiveness. And you've heard me say that our world, way out of that, is to create a stronger collective consciousness, one that has oneness at its core. Well, just look at how our world has changed over the past few weeks. We blew divisiveness out of the water, which is nice, but we've created and manifested a new world consciousness setting around this virus and the fear that it represents. Not that it's any better, but the predominant thought throughout the world has changed, and quickly at that. Wow, do you see how it works? Just get the whole world to think about one specific topic and look what happens. It supersedes wars, hatred, divisiveness, separateness, and even Trump. Laugh out loud. Imagine, just imagine, if everyone who has been consciously thinking about this virus thought about peace. Let's get off the road. It's time for a Danny blurb. Alrighty then. I want to take this time to introduce this new section. Throughout the book, I'll be adding a personal blurb of mine here and there. It probably won't make it into every chapter, but based on the topics we'll be discussing, I might have a blurb to share. You might laugh. You might cry at some. And I'm sure there will be some... That will make you ponder and scratch your head. Seeing that this chapter is teaching us how to navigate through a world crisis, it only makes sense if I share my very own personal experience. I'm going to assume that a very high percentage of you reading these words were alive on September 11th of 2001. If you were, you most definitely have your own story to share, where you were that day and who you were with. Etc. I most definitely do. So, to not exceed the official blurb length, I'll keep this short and very ugly. I was there that day when the earth stood still. I saw people voluntarily jump from 100 stories. I felt the ground shake like I never did before as I watched the first tower fall. I ran up Broadway with thousands of others as a plume of smoke 50 feet high chased us. I couldn't reach my loved ones all day, and I didn't arrive home until 10 p.m. that night. I made it through that infamous day. So many didn't. I'm not sure how that makes me feel. I won't say lucky, because I believe that's a disservice to those who didn't. Oneness teaches us acceptance. But how do you accept an event like that? Ah, now we're talking. Revisit my last book for that insight. Fuel running low in need of dire straits. If you know me, you know that Dr. Wayne Dyer had a major impact on my life. I consider him my guru, and I consider myself a disciple of his love. His wisdom and insight will always be a part of me. And because it meant so much to me, I feel compelled to share it. I referenced him throughout my last book and mentioned him on my blogs, podcasts, and when I'm speaking to an audience. So it's only natural that I continue to share his insight in the ways that Wayne shared that insight to all of those that he inspired. And to stay within the theme of navigation, and specifically a GPS device... I will use a phrase that you might hear while driving. In the case of navigating the ways of oneness, if you're ever running low on, f- on fuel, there is no better pit stop to make than to fill up on some dire straits. So throughout this book, I will be recalling much of what my guru has taught me. Because it was Wayne's words that initially inspired me as my journey of oneness began, It would be impossible not to impart what has become a shared message. Some of you may agree, and some of you may disagree with my thoughts regarding oneness, and that's cool. That's my objective. I continually want to challenge you and your thoughts, especially as they pertain to your spiritual growth and oneness specifically. Much of what you'll now read in this chapter was inspired by thoughts from Wayne Dyer's book, There's a Spiritual Solution, To every problem okay so how do I approach a chapter written to help us navigate through a world crisis the same way I address any crisis or problem in my life from a spiritual perspective that is because from its very foundation oneness teaches us that we are spiritual beings in that we emanate from spirit so when we are faced with any crisis or adversity That is the premise from which we function. Our thoughts, our ideas, and our concerns all filter through the knowledge that we are these spiritual beings. And when we come from this place, how we address what we call problems in our lives are looked at differently. The reason for that is because we recognize problems or anything, quite honestly, in the physical realm as an illusion. We understand that we are in this world, but we are not of this world this information is paramount as we address how to navigate through a world crisis regarding spiritual as I alluded to a few paragraphs ago we can address issues or problems from a different perspective from a level of spiritual consciousness we know that we are connected to everyone What we view as issues and or problems are events we share with everyone else or the collective consciousness, if you may. Although we may view the spiritual side of our reality as separate from the physical, because of oneness, we know that it truly is just one. And just knowing that helps immensely as we come to terms with oneness. I will dedicate a portion of the next chapter in this book to that. But as we recognize that our lives feature both the physical and the spiritual, we need to know that we are spiritual beings first and foremost. So, when we are faced with adversity or a crisis of any kind, how we process and respond to the event comes from our spiritual nature. We know that at our very core, which is energy, this problem cannot affect us. We know that What we are as these spiritual beings is endless, so there is no talk of death ever. Once we come from place with this kind of conviction, it removes worry, stress, and fear from our vocabulary. Because we know that those useless emotions emanate from our ego, which tries to convince us that we are separate from our source. We know better. When we consider the daily events and happenings that we view as problems, we come to understand that there is only one true problem, if you may, and that is when we allow ourselves to be separate from source, God, or Stevels. But as you found out in Oneness 101, we can never be separate from that source. We emanated from that source and it resides with us during every second of this time-space reality. But yet, many of us, myself included, at times still believe that we have problems. And here's the irony. Most of our problems are generated from our thoughts, which we can change at any time. Using the ways of oneness teaches us that when we reconnect with our source, those thoughts disappear. When those thoughts disappear, guess what happens? Yep, so do our problems. That might seem like a stretch to some of you reading this right now, but as, as we make our way through this book, you'll come to know the truth of it. So, in the reality of oneness, there are no problems. Those events only reside within the physical, which we will learn is truly an illusion. We can place any pandemic or world crisis under the problem category, What you need to consider here is that I am just one of many messengers or spiritual authors throughout history that refer to problems as illusions. Many messengers refer to our life here in general as an illusion, as I've mentioned. Some might be saying right now, hey, I lived through the coronavirus. It was no illusion. And that would be a very fair and honest statement. But as it pertains to recognizing ourselves as spiritual beings and understanding that our only problem ever is our disconnection from source, you understand why this makes sense. In my grand scheme of things, I have come to that knowing. And that's only because I have come to the complete understanding that we are spirit, energy, stevels. I understand well, Tzu said some 2,500 years ago, that which is real never changes. And by that, he meant that every single piece of matter on this earth, including our bodies, changes. What we are, our spirit, never changes. So when we consider what is real and what is an illusion, we know the answer. That is why the only real problem that we face in life is our separation from God, our source. I have so much more to come that, that takes us further down this road, especially regarding our ego. This is the biggest culprit we have when we discuss why we feel separate from God, source, and stevels. It's time for a oneness update regarding the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay. I'm revisiting this specific chapter from further down the road when I originally started writing it, and that is because it is a specific update regarding oneness and the COVID-19 pandemic that we are still in the midst of and trying to find our way out of. It is now Wednesday, May 20th, 2020. If you recall, I started writing this book and specifically this chapter back on March 16th, not more than two months ago. I needed to add this insert because the narrative of this pandemic has changed. It has changed because we are now at the point where certain states are starting to reopen. And with that comes divisiveness, anger, and still more fear. Some maintain their thoughts that we should not open at all until we have a vaccine. They think that a vaccine will stop the spread. The population that is thinking along those lines is prioritizing their health and safety over whether or not people should be allowed to work and rejoin society. The other side of the equation is those who feel like we should have never shut down at all. They feel that being forced to self-isolate took away their constitutional rights as well as their holistic rights to be able to join the herd immunity with their natural process to build and maintain their immunity to this and any virus. This group also seems to be much more concerned with our now crashing economy and the rights we have as citizens to make a living. Whatever side of the equation you may be on, we now find ourselves with another battle of divisiveness and separation. Separation from one another and separation from Source, God, stevels And this is why I need to say that no matter what side you are on, oneness is the only solution. And there's a very good reason why i say that and here's why if you're residing within the first example that i referenced where you would rather stay safe and wait for a vaccine your thoughts are being processed from fear the fear that opening up states and businesses too soon will lead to another outbreak of the virus and if you reside among the second example that i referenced where you don't feel we should have shut down at all and that states and and businesses should be opened Your thoughts are being processed from anger. The anger that your constitutional and inalienable rights are being compromised. Either way, you are losing, and here's why. As you come to learn more about the ways of oneness and how it helps to navigate through a pandemic, world crisis, or life in general, you will learn that no matter what we encounter in life, there is only one thing we can control— And that, my friends, are how we think. Because it is those thoughts that either weaken us or strengthen us. Those thoughts either lower our vibration or they raise our vibration. When it comes right down to it, it is irrelevant if you view what you think as right or wrong. All that matters is energy and how we are vibrating. Because that determines if we are aligning with our higher source, God, Stevils, or not. Let's face it, the two words that I highlighted here are fear and anger. They are two useless emotions that do not serve our higher purpose. They weaken us, and they keep us in a state of lower energy and vibration. How do I know this? First of all, because I do, and second of all, because I sense my anger. So, as you know, this is my book, and in my book, I get to share what camp I am residing in and how it's affecting me. Let me ask you first, what camp do you think I am residing in? This man whose words you are reading right now, this man who preaches oneness, what do you think my thoughts are as they pertain to this global pandemic? Hmm. Well, I'm very glad that you asked. I reside within the second example. I am infuriated over this pandemic and especially how it is being handled The very foundation that social distancing rests upon tears apart my soul. For it is our very nature to congregate, to be together, to gather with family and friends, to shake hands, to hug, in general, to love. We are being instructed to not do what comes so very naturally to us. And along those lines, I know that after they loosen up on this social distancing thing, there will still be plenty of people who will still practice it out of fear Some will continue to wear masks, even outdoors. Some will make sure they they remain six feet apart from people at all times. Some people will never even shake hands again, let alone hug or kiss someone. Hey, remember how we felt when we were first seeing and hearing about fist bumps? For me, it was watching America's Got Talent and seeing Howie Mandel, a known germaphobe, only fist bump, only fist bumping people whenever someone wanted to high-five him or shake his hand. I remember thinking that was odd at the time, but it kind of grew and evolved on its own into a new way to greet people. But make no mistake about what it originated from, fear. I cannot visualize a world where people purposely refrain from showing affection towards another human being. I can't because I know that goes against everything our higher source, God, Stevels, offer us. We come from love. We are love. It is not natural for us to gravitate away from each other when oneness is what keeps us together. We are one. We are individualized expressions of one source. What social distancing is doing to oneness is like having your left arm tell the rest of your body... I can't be here right now don't look at me don't touch me and please use your right elbow to sneeze into going forward it's not natural my friends I also know that my inalienable constitutional rights are being compromised I know that wearing a mask in public is a complete waste of time and does not protect me or anyone else and it breaks my heart for the millions of people who have lost jobs and businesses for absolutely no reason So there is a big part of me that is struggling with the anger that this pandemic represents. It is this anger that has led me to take all measures to revert to oneness, and that starts by sharing this information with one and all. I am also going to post this specific section on my blog page as well to get the information out there. You see, I realize that the anger does not serve me. Getting mad at this situation is only hurting me. Lowering my vibration and keeping me away from oneness. It truly is not doing me an ounce of good. So, when I have a specific thought about this situation that gets me angered and upset, I change it. I realize that for the time being, there is nothing that I can do that will change the matter at hand. Now, I know that sucks, but that's what I and we have to deal with. I know that I can only control my thoughts and that will dictate how my life responds immediately. I will make a conscious effort to maintain my thoughts and focus on what serves me best. And by that, I mean whatever resonates with me and makes me feel good. That's all we're after, my friends, is trying to feel good. And for my friends in that first camp, you may refute that you are living in fear, but be honest with yourself. If you'd rather wait for a vaccine, that means you're afraid to re-enter society as it is. That is fear. And if that is how you are truly thinking, I advise you to not let that emotion, that useless emotion, become your predominant thought. Because if it does, you will not be doing your body, mind, and spirit any justice at all. Fear, only, fear not only weakens your immune system, but lowers your current state of vibration, You are not in harmony with your higher source, God, Stevels, and you create dis-ease. I have a chapter on fear later in the book. So you might be asking, how do I recognize what I am feeling and thinking as fear? That's a great question. You do that by listening to your intuition. Those primal gut feelings that we all get, that's your higher source, that's your God, that's Stevels talking to you. Never cast those intuitive feelings aside. It's those feelings that may nudge you to a different thought regarding the pandemic. Maybe to one of a more cautious approach as opposed to a fearful one. For you would have to view that as a success. It would be a success because you would immediately feel better. Much, if not all, of the fear would be eradicated from your being. Face it, you know how you feel. The nervousness, the unease that you're experiencing, that is all generated from thoughts that you are thinking. Change them. Again, you don't have to necessarily change your stance on the pandemic or situation that you're facing. Just change the debilitating thoughts. They are not serving you in your best interests. And if you by some chance think that they are, just take close notice of yourself going forward. Notice your sleep and eating patterns. Notice your temperament. You'll see the signs. Trust me. Oneness teaches us that we can only control our thoughts. Our thoughts dictate how we feel. How we feel dictates if our energies and vibrations are being raised or lowered. If our energies and vibrations are being raised or lowered, dictates if we are in alignment with our higher source, or God, again, and devils, which manifests or not the life that we want. So as I close out this chapter, I remind you that I've written the majority of these words during the first week of a statewide and national closures due to the coronavirus affecting us in March of 2020. It is most likely that you'll be reading this with the pandemic as a distant memory again, hopefully. But the words and the ways that I presented to navigate through coronavirus will most certainly apply to any world crisis that we may face. Hopefully we won't be facing any. But unless our collective consciousness changes, there's a good possibility that we will in some way, shape, or form. If history has shown us anything, we are in for more of this. If we do face something along these lines, please remember the importance of what you read here in this book. Share it with your family, friends, and neighbors. Know first and foremost that when we are faced with any adversity, we only have two options from which to respond from love or fear. Hopefully, in years to come, more people will base their reactions to events on what they know and feel in their hearts. When deciding how to react to any adversity, they will choose love as their foundation. They'll follow their intuitive guidance, which, as we know, is your God or higher source pointing you in the right direction. For we truly do have a GPS that is with us 24 7. It never leaves us. It can't. It's the ways of oneness. So thank you again for the for listening to the podcast I am calling That Oneness Guy. This has been episode number 29, The Ways of Oneness, audio chapters. If you've liked what you've been listening to, please take a moment to subscribe to this feed. You can find That Oneness Guy podcast on any and all of your favorite podcasting sites and apps. As I mentioned earlier, I also uh, recently started recording vlogs. I think you'll really like them, so check them out. You can find them all, too, on my YouTube page. Okay, um, they're really cool. They're quick. They're under 10 minutes, and I always have a correlating song that I perform on those vlogs as well, too. And uh, please, if you're not following me, I am up and running on, uh, aside from YouTube, obviously, I am up on Twitter and Instagram. Just search for that oneness guy. And uh, please stay in touch with all things oneness at my sites, which is, again, that onenessguide.com. And you can also find additional information from my first book at IamGodBook.com. And also uh, all things about music and me personally at DannyRongo.com. And just a final reminder, my new book, The Ways of Oneness, Helping to Navigate Life, is now available, as I mentioned, on Amazon in a Kindle version. So just go to Amazon and check it out, my friends. So, for now, again, my name is Danny Rongo. I thank you for listening in. I am that oneness guy. Please look for my next show. And as always, I send you peace, love, light, and continued oneness. Namaste. The
0: words that will comfort me I- Time my legacy, I am. I am. I am one of many who have come to see